Hello, you are listening to the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast and we are back with our second edition of the World Cup Special Series. Yet we're halfway through now, uh, officially after the first game tomorrow we'll be halfway through the World Cup group stage and we are back with episode 206 of the Burst Ball to talk all things World Cup football. I'm joined today by regular Ryan. Uh, hello Johnny, I'm actually looking forward to making my first special World Cup podcast appearance. Yeah, regular for the, the Scottish football, but this is your first appearance on the uh, the World Cup of course, out of two. Uh, and we have a brand new guest, Andy, how are you doing? I'm not too bad Johnny, thanks for having me on. Motherwell fan Andy, but today uh, there won't be any time for Motherwell because we will be talking about Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Uruguay and Russia. Group A of the World Cup, obviously there's been two games in this group um, and we already know the two teams that are going through from Group A and they are Russia and Uruguay. Personally did not see this coming, Uh, I thought that Egypt would go through with Russia, Um, but Russia have been quite stunning haven't they probably the team of the tournament so far Ryan uh, probably well just to quickly correct you I think there's been a few more than uh, two games in this group uh, <laughs> Johnny but uh, <laughs> just to continue my pedantic self um, on this podcast but yeah I actually predicted Russia to to make it through I think um, just the whole host nation kind of thing um, mm. has helped Russia along I mean it is a bit of a Remarkable story, shall we say, just given the fact that uh, they were complete write-offs, not just from like everyone else, but from their own country as well. Um, I think everyone was calling them the worst Russian team of a of the generation, um, uh, yeah. and I, I mean, I think they are top goal scorers in the tournament at the minute, with eight goals, and that's been uh, both their games. They've just totally blown Egypt and Saudi Arabia away. Um, I do think Uruguay will be a bit of a different test um, due to their sort of Atletico Madrid-like setup, but um, I think they've well they've done enough to go through, uh, and they'll be more than delighted with that. Yeah, um, as you say, um, they have kind of blown to, blown both their opponents away. Um, Saudi Arabia they beat five 0 on the opening day, which for me was when the top three games of the tournament definitely was just completely stunned by that. Um, if they might have edged a win, I, I, I didn't think they would do anything like that. And obviously, one of the goals of the tournament with Cherishev, um, and a three-one win against Egypt in the second half, they were phenomenal there as well. Um, how surprised have you been uh, by by the hosts, Andy? Well, um, it's interesting to see that you used to thought they would go through because um, I think I bought into the whole uh, media sort of. Uh, stories about how they're the worst Russian, worst Russian team about. Uh, I, thought, no, I, I thought they'd go out as I well. I thought they'd go out. Um, yeah, I thought it'd be Uruguay and Egypt um, that would go through. And uh, fair to say, I was very surprised come the first game. Uh, I know Saudi Arabia aren't really the best of teams. Um, I'm pretty sure they're like, the closest uh, in terms of rankings to Russia. But they gave them a mm-hmm. proper doing. Uh, I'm not sure. Then I thought, I passed that off as maybe first game, you know. You want to set a statement, get the fans on your side. Uh, but again, proven wrong uh, with the Egypt game. Uh, second half performance, as you said, thoroughly deserved the win. Uh, and I would agree that they're probably the team of the tournament so far. Hmm. Opinion from both of you here. Right. Um, and I want you to give me a round. 
Russia are into the next round, but how far can they go? I think, uh, I'll just jump in and quickly say, the next round they'll go out. Um, purely just because they're um, grouped together with the it's Group B they play after this, isn't it? Yeah. If they go through, yeah. So that's so Sp- Spain, Portugal or Iran. Yeah, well, I'm totally counting out Iran here. Um, <laughs> just, uh, no, no, I, I know, I know, I, I know you'll hate that, Johnny. Um, but I think just purely, uh, it's a bit of a a step up in quality. Because um, I mean, we haven't seen Russia actually play Uruguay yet, and they've managed to mm. get through again. Saudi Arabia, who, I mean, were nothing short of a disgrace in both their games. I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that. And I think Egypt, who. I've almost suffered uh, from believing in their own hype a wee bit, um, and that's purely just down to sort of Mo Salah. People tipping them to do well, um, thanks to having Mo Salah on their team, and he he obviously uh, wasn't clearly fit at all. Um, so I'm going to say that Russia will go out in the last sixteen, just because it it's a different level of competition um, coming up against Spain and Portugal as opposed to Egypt and Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Well, I, I did say uh, one word, but Andy. Yeah, no, I totally oh, agree did with you that. <laughs> totally agree with that. Um, I can't obviously cover against Spain and Portugal again. I cannot see Iran going through, but probably that'll come back to bite me in the arse at one point. Maybe, who knows? <laughs> uh, but no, it's a different different kettle of fish in the next round. Uh, I think they've they've done their nation proud to getting put through the groups. To be honest, and I think everyone would be happy with that. Uh, but. I, I, I'll be in the road for them. Uh, uh, Egypt uh, as well, as Ryan was saying. Uh, disappointed with them. Um, I really thought they would have won their last game. Um, I thought if that was them, take me step up. But uh, Especially with like, a player like Salah. But I think they were kind of blowing up their own trumpet and sort of relied on them. And kind of like Argentina and Messi, they just don't really deliver. Um, been a bit of a disappointment for me so far. You, Johnny? Yeah, um... I think they'll go out in the next round as well. Yeah. And they're in the 16. I think we'll learn a lot from the Uruguay game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see that. It'll be a completely new sort of test. Um, Uruguay, who for me have been probably the most boring team to watch at this tournament. I think that's unfair to say at all. I think their two games have been the worst two games of the tournament. <laughs> um, in terms of aesthetically pleasing football, they've got mm. the world's flattest 4 4 2 I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> and they just launch long balls to Suarez and Cavani and just kind of hope that they can conjure something. Um, so they've been quite drab to watch. I actually thought they were quite lucky to win, probably. I, th- I think they've been slightly the better team in both games. Um, I thought Egypt were really nothing special in the first game at all, and I thought the commentary was didn't really reflect the game because. People are saying Egypt were unlucky, but I, th- I thought it was probably coming. Second game, as, as many seen Saudi Arabia, just decided they were going to pass their way out of the tournament. Um, <laughs> that was it. Was just mental. I was watching it and I was like, "They do realise they are like going out a World Cup here." I mean, they were only a goal down, I know. and oh, I mean, I think it was the ninety-fourth minute, and they had a free kick in their own half, and then they just decided to start in <laughs> the back. It was just like, "What are they doing here?" Anyway, that is all for Group A, unless anybody has got anything bold to claim, but the group completely decided. Um, in fact, give us a prediction how far Uruguay can go to wrap up Group A. Uh, I, I don't know. They, I would 
probably say last 16 again purely just because of the sort of calibre of opposition they're going to come up against in Group B but they're that kind of team that they'll just sort of stifle either Portugal or Spain and you could see them sneaking through on penalties or something like that yeah. mm. but, I w- but I will say um, this next round so last 16 again, as well yeah, uh, the, the, I, uh, Thrill at my pals have been like um, like dark courses for them um, and I can believe that purely based on the, the season Cavani had just there uh, his goal to games ratio was nothing short of tremendous I uh, also think that Suarez uh, this World Cup was kind of looking for a point to prove uh, like a positive like new story about his name uh, and I definitely think they could give either Spain or Portugal a, good, a game uh, I think they're capable mm. of beating and going through, but uh, again, I'm going to say they'll go out as well. It'll be a really good game regardless. Um, if they turn up, who knows? They're well within the rights to go through, but I just can't see it happening. Yep, I'm going to have to agree with both of you. So um, we look forward to seeing Uruguay in the quarterfinals. <laughs> um, on to Group B, um, Spain and Portugal to go through for you two. Iran for me, of course. <laughs> yes, it ha- aye, I'm going to have to. I can't see my beloved Ronaldo crash out of the group stage, so um, yeah. Uh, and I think Spain, I think, uh, will have too much quality for Morocco, so yeah, I'm going to say those two will go through. Aye. Um, I like you speak about that, Ronaldo. I mean, like, aye, it's, it, it is phenomenal. I mean, everyone goes on about. How Messi, um, maybe we'll probably come on to it, Messi's not been playing well because he doesn't have the players around him. But, I mean, uh, Portugal would have been nothing short of dire without Ronaldo um, in the team. And it's just just as a... His ability to turn up in the big moments is just... It's amazing. Um, I mean, the free kick he scored against Spain in that game, uh, I just... The way, from how he started the game to how he ended it, it was just typical Ronaldo fashion. Um, I don't know. He just keeps uh, breaking records and making me love him even more. <laughs> um, so there's no chance then of Iran shithousing Ronaldo of <laughs> Portugal on the last day. Because they are still in with a chance. They just have to win. All Iran have to do is beat Portugal. Easily said than done. All right. <laughs> they were, they were, and for me, this has been one of my games of the tournament: Iran versus Spain. Um, we're recording this on Thursday night, so that was Wednesday night's game. Um, I just thought, that obviously, the first, the first half, Iran were probably the most defensive team since Iran in twenty fourteen when they played Argentina. Um, but second half, when they went a goal down, they they can play football. They well, can play football. I think um, that's... you know, like, somersault throw-ins aside. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I think that has to be highlighted as the greatest moment of uh, World Cup this decade, um, perhaps a century. I mean, That's it's just it's just the way he's like sort of um, praising Allah um, and all this kind of thing. Just just before he's about to take it, kissing the ball, 
he takes about mm. 30 seconds to prepare himself and then gets possessed <laughs> to do this and it ends up taking it short anyway <laughs> he bashes the ball off his own head and from that moment on you just know it's not going to be a good routine you just um, wonder how like gigantic his balls are he tries something like that when your team are getting beaten like the 80 whatever the 90th minute they just do something like that mm. something ridiculous but fair play to him it was brilliant brilliant watch <laughs> <laughs> um, the one team we've not touched on this group are up there with Peru who we'll come on to later as mm. possibly the most unlucky team in this World Cup because Morocco are out already um, and really that's just a team that are missing a striker isn't it because the, you've seen them first half against Iran they had numerous chances and didn't score and conceded in the 95th minute with their own goal and against Portugal they conceded right at the start and then by all accounts, I was at work, so I didn't see the whole game, just seen the highlights. But I think, uh, looking at the stats, they did kind of dominate the game. Um, I mean, judging by the highlights as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, they did. I think it's almost been a bit of a theme of this World Cup so far, as a bit of a lacking a cutting edge up front. And I mean, it's definitely Morocco. Um, Morocco's issue, you should say. They just all their play up into the final third is neat, tidy, really good football. And I mean, we know how good. Uh, defensively they are with Benatia going forward with Ziyech um, who has by all accounts been magnificent at Ajax um, but yeah I think just it's that final killer ball it's the sort of know-how to be in the right area at the right time they just didn't have um, and I mean they fair battered Iran for a good 60 minutes in the first game couldn't score battered a sort of a poor Portugal who were there for the taking to be honest but just they just couldn't get the ball in the net couldn't find that sort of clear cut chance that they needed and didn't really have the quality to sort of do that if you know what I mean it's a strange one from Morocco they'll be gutted but I don't know I couldn't have seen them do much shall we say mm, I think Iran had no shots in the second half against Morocco and managed to score with that, obviously, the, the free cone goal, which is uh, that's why we love them, that's why we love Iran. <laughs> to um, be fair, it was some finish by a defender. I don't think he could have put, placed it better in the net than what he did. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, is there any other comments here to make about Group B? Who's who's winning the group, first of all? Um, because the two teams, Portugal and Spain, are in the exact same. Goal difference, same goal score, drew with each other. Uh, I'll go down to fair play mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah, uh, and obviously Portugal are, in my opinion, going to lose to Iran. So I'll let you two decide who's who's going to finish above if Portugal and Spain both win. I think Spain will win the group just because Morocco don't really have anything to play for, so they'll just sort of have a. Mm. opinion on, in their head that they're going to go for it try and get something from the game and that kind of playing like that against Spain suits Spain um, what doesn't suit Spain is having 11 men in the box uh, <laughs> blocking everything um, like Iran done uh, aye, I think Spain will win the group and a draw will see Portugal through yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I think uh, the Iran Portugal game will be a, a good game. I'm I'm quite looking forward to that. Uh, and obviously Morocco are all but out. Um, 
a, a, like Ryan said, the style of play, uh, I think it should be a straightforward enough win uh, for Spain. Uh, and they'll edge it eventually. So, judging by what you guys said on Group A, I won't even need to <clears throat> won't even need to ask the question. So, Portugal and Spain are both been the quarters, um, obviously, because you said Uruguay and Russia right in there in the 16. <laughs> yeah. Um, how far can either of these teams go? Surely Ronaldo and Portugal are not capable of winning a second major tournament, uh, but they, ha- they have only lost, I think, one game in 30, and that was against Switzerland in the qualifiers. Mm. Are they uh, are they capable? They just, I mean, you could easily see them doing something like they done at the Euros, where they just managed to, I mean, scrape wins by the skin of their teeth. But how long can that go on for? How long can they sort of rely on Ronaldo just to keep producing the goods? I don't know. I think that the draw in the next round definitely is weighted in their favour. Um, mm-hmm. So so they are definitely looking at a. A quarter-final stage, and it just kind of depends if Ronaldo turns up in those sort of latter stages, um, if they can make it as far as possible. Spain, I think. I mean, a lot of people said they were disappointed with Spain um, against Iran, but it was always going to be extremely difficult. And I thought they did kind of play the game well enough um, to win the game. Uh, and a lot of people. Sort of put them as outside favourites for the tournament. I could definitely see Spain reaching the final. Um, so I'll I'll say Spain will reach the final um, and Portugal the quarters. Interesting. Mm. Um, I I don't know. Um, I can't have a rule a team out uh, that's got Ronaldo in it. Um, as Ryan said, I think they've got an easiest draw and they'll make the quarterfinals. But I, I, I struggle to see them. Um, progress from that Spain on the other hand uh, I, I, I can't see them going as far as the final um, I think maybe semis uh, I think that's where they'll get to uh, and then probably get found out there not found out but defeated there um, but two good teams uh, aye. quarters for uh, Portugal and semis for Spain I think Right moving on to Group C another Quite interesting and surprising group. Um, France are through. They've won two games out of two without really convincing anybody. Um, game against Australia wasn't fantastic. They played well enough against Peru, against a Peru team that basically sold out Russia to be there. Um, had a huge atmosphere and a huge backing and a massively fired up team. So that shouldn't be underestimated, I don't think. But Andy, they haven't really impressed. They haven't looked like tournament favourites. You know, one of the top four teams that people said they were, have they? No, they have not. Um, I've took them to win it, um, frankly. But mm. it's kind of even the game there. Uh, just today, a, a luckyish goal, um, and that's kind of been the case with the Griezmann penalty against Australia and all of that. It, they've not really. Well, obviously they've won both our games, but they've not like. Um, Blown another team away uh, with great football. You look at the team on paper. Um, I think it's more uh, as great individuals, and they're yet to like play well as a team. And I know uh, back in France, uh, Deschamps is questioned by many. Obviously, leaving out the likes of like Benzema, etc., etc. Um, but further enough, as if it ends the way they now, uh, as it is the now in the standings, uh, that's what I predicted. 
and uh, I, I can obviously I think uh, they'll win it well I hope they'll win it uh, for my bet but I can definitely see them uh, at least getting the final if they just sort of uh, let me play together and I think the next game is massive uh, obviously they're playing against Denmark it'll be a, it'll be a tough game uh, Denmark put, uh, even getting a point that same through but um, I think we'll see uh, what they're made of in the next game Hmm. You mentioned Denmark there, and they won. It's a shame, really, that it was the opening game of the group, um, or well, the, the second game of the group after France, Australia, uh, Denmark, Peru, because it's kind of mean, meant that Peru are out after two games. <clears throat> Whereas um, I think if they'd obviously started against Australia, they might have had a a chance. Peru, they for me have, are so unlucky to go out <clears throat> again. They've uh, they've not scored a goal, similar to Morocco, really. They've lost one 0 twice. Um, even maybe more so than Morocco, they've probably deserved to win um, against Denmark, and they were unlucky against France. So Peru very unlucky, and and Denmark they potentially a dark horse in this tournament. Uh, potentially, yeah. Anybody? Um, I, I I agree with what you said. I think Peru's been very very unlucky. Um, I like I like to watch Peru. Um, they're probably like them in Iceland. They're probably like one of my underdogs that I secretly support, want to do well. And obviously they've brought like half the country over to Russia to back and support them. Uh, hmm. Obviously, think, when right. when the boy missed the penalty, I, my heart sunk for him. You could just tell like yeah. that as a generation. What was eighty two? I think the last World Cup they were at. Uh, and then they just sky it like that. It was just heartbroken for them. Uh, Denmark, on the other hand, um, Tottenham's my English team, so to see Ericsson performing the big games is quite pleasing. Oh dear. And um, <laughs> podcast. Brilliant, isn't it? Uh, no, but the finish today as well, um, quite sublime. Um, and yeah, I, potentially they, they could go far. Um, I wouldn't mean to see that. Hmm. You see, yeah, Eriksson is a obviously a massive player, and uh, he's Denmark's main man, and he's he's not letting them down at all. He's had a fantastic tournament so far. But a team that we haven't mentioned from Group C, Australia still have a chance to go through. Uh, probably one that we should mention because they have a couple of Scottish-based players, a couple of players that played in Scotland as well, um, and even a Scottish player in Jackson Irvine. So. Um, we should give we should give them a bit of a shout out. Um, what have you made of them? They've obviously still got a chance to go through. They need to win against Peru, who are out, which is possible, and hope that France beat Denmark, which is also possible. Um, um, they've exceeded expectations, probably. Yeah, probably a wee bit. Um, I mean, I think everyone expected them to get beat off France. Of a, I mean, it's not not in any way saying that that was convincing, because uh, France haven't. Impressed at all, but they look um, just the sort of stuffiest of sides. They turn up, do the basics well, defend well, don't give much away, um, and they'll be thankful for their two VAR penalties, um, <laughs> uh, which I've seen them in with a chance of still going through. Uh, I think Australia. I don't know. I can't. I can't see them going through. I think they'll draw with Peru. I think Peru might sort of take the shackles off a wee bit now they're out and sort of play a bit more of their sort of free-flowing football that we've sort of used to been seeing before the tournament um, and I think it'll still be France and Denmark that progress 
Mm. Um, obviously now in into Group D, it's it's difficult because after tonight's game, that Argentina could potentially go out, of course, but we could be looking at a France Argentina round of sixteen fixture. Um, if Argentina finish second and France avoid defeat against Denmark, which would be something quite stunning for this uh, obviously this early stage. Um, judging off Argentina's performance tonight, we probably won't have to worry about that, and the French will probably have the cigars out because. <laughs> well, no, you see let's that, talk about France. that. That was that was simply atrocious, wasn't it? What are we talking about? Sorry, Argentina, but you can make your point about France if you no, want. No, we're, no, we're still no, on no. Group C. Aye, I, no, no, Argentina have been nothing short of rotten. Um, and the best bits about watching Argentina tell have been the cutaways to Maradona taking gear. Um, <laughs> 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 which is just e- uh, excellent. Aye, libel. Um, don't want Maradona coming after the Burstball podcast. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's just Messi hasn't turned up. Um, they can They don't seem to suit the formation they're playing. I mean, even we're doing the podcast on a Thursday night just after the sort of three 0 trouncing by Croatia. They had mm. Mascherano sitting in midfield alongside two guys who play in the Argentinian league. Um, Mascherano. Mesa. Aye. Mascherano looks like he plays in China now. Completely off the pace, not at it. Um, and t- but they have Benega and Biglia sitting on the bench who are at Sevilla um, and AC Milan getting a game week in week out doing really well um, I don't know They, I think they made the point in commentary that Argentina's sort of they're good going forward um, on paper but they don't seem to have a midfield. Um, and I think that was kind yeah. of their, their downfall against Croatia. I think when you're up against that midfield of Rakitic, Brozovic and uh, Modric, um, who were absolutely sensational, you're not going to be able to handle that if you don't uh, sort of set up properly. And they definitely yeah. haven't. And even against Iceland, they were extremely disappointing. Mm, I think they had... The most shots that any teams had in the tournament against Ice, against Iceland was over twenty shots. Uh, I think they had maybe even close to thirty shots, but a lot of them were, you know, it's not as if they were testing. Obviously, the penalty miss for Messi is a massive chance for for them to win the game, and I'm sure people will look back on that. Um, but for me, the, there's a problem with Argentina. That was meant to be some people came in, and it was meant to be a change. Um, but it just looks like it's still the same tactic of just get the ball to Messi and hope, isn't it? There's, yeah. there's not really there's not really any sort of difference there. They had three managers in qualifying, and they needed Messi to come to to beat Ecuador from one 0 down in the last game away from home. And you know, Sampioli said he was going to play this sort of two at the back system with two sitting defenders and then pressing full backs. He, he just hasn't. He's played <clears throat> the same system with, which relies so heavily on Messi, as you say, with the weirdest midfield. And we know that their squad's so top-heavy. And that's just a bit unfortunate. But yeah. it just has been... I mean, 
Defensively, they don't look sound at all. I mean, I think no. it's a bit unfortunate their keeper got injured um, in the run-up to this. And yeah. Caballero's been ch- chucked in, um, and I think we all know what happened there. I don't know. <laughs> they, uh, the sign... We act surprised, but I mean the signs have been there. I mean, these sort of, sort of games in the lead up to this. I mean, they got beat off Spain six one. Not uh, well recently. Um, Nigeria stuck four past them in a friendly game, uh, and they've yeah. they've had was it one warm up game or none coming no. into this due to their cancellation of their friendly against Israel. So they're sort of, they're coming in a bit. They're coming in. They came into the tournament, I should say. Um, cold um, everyone's sort of coming off the back of long seasons with their clubs uh, and they look like a team of individuals who are tired and need a rest mm-hmm. <clears throat> What's your thoughts uh, Andy on what you've seen of, of Messi today, especially before the game um, You know, as the camera's panning down the national anthems he looked he, did he, he have did, a migraine? He didn't, he, he, didn't, he didn't look well, did he? No. He, he looked nervous, he looked stressed, sick. And he, he didn't play well either. I think... Um, what are your thoughts on that? It's kind of like... It's a look of like a man uh, with the whole nation like depending on him. Uh, it, was, it was sad to watch, um, especially at the Iceland game uh, as well. Uh, just chance after chance came and after the penalty miss uh, nothing in it even today there was just nothing um, every time Croatia scored um, they were walking back all the cameras were on Messi and it was just they had no emotion whatsoever and that's the thing like we always go on about how Argentina are so top heavy but they've got the last goal difference in the group and they've only scored once it's and it's mental when you think about it like obviously I said earlier on um, that I thought Argentina would top the group, not comfortably. I thought Croatia would finish second and give them a good game. But I, I just thought, if you look at look at the team in the paper, it's it's, it's brilliant. Like individuals, um, but three managers going through qualif- qualifying, especially um, they don't seem to really work as a team. And uh, unlike Ronaldo, uh, just Messi hasn't really stepped up. And it's a shame because it could it could potentially be his last World Cup, and to potentially bow it. Bow out at the group stages. It's it's sad to watch. It's like a football fan, mm. a fan of the game. Yes, a fan of the game. <laughs> um, let's let's praise Croatia because that. Aye. I mean, we we watched them against Nigeria, and well, it was probably one of the <laughs> poorest games of the tournament. But as as we heard after Slavin Bilic, who yet again, by the way, has been one of the best pundits of this entire tournament Britain, um, wow. British TV um, said look we, we won 2-0 you've kind of forgotten this you know Nigeria didn't do anything and Croatia beat them very comfortably obviously with no goal on the penalty but they yeah. were comfortable against Nigeria um, they didn't I mean, need to, to do much more and today they were second half phenomenal weren't they yeah I mean I think uh, they didn't really get the praise they deserved from that Nigeria game because it's it's uh, it's difficult to play in those kind of games when the opposition is just as bad as Nigeria. It's not even as if Nigeria were sitting in it. It's difficult not to when you're not like a, a top class team. I mean, I mean Croatia do have the players, but they're not regarded as one of the top four tournament favourites. Um, to sort of 
it's difficult not to be drawn to Nigeria's level uh, and just sort of let the game bypass you. They they got the goals at important points before the end of the first half, end of the second half, got the win, which is the most important thing, got out of it, which was, aye, as I said, the most important thing, and then turned up against Argentina in what is the most difficult game of their group. Uh, and I think they have Rakitic and Modric to thank for that, who were absolutely sensational in the middle of the pitch, totally controlled the game, um, sort of made Argentina midfield look like it was it was men against boys, to be honest. I mean, I, I touched on that, but Mascherano was off the pace. Um, he looks like he plays in China now. Uh, mm. And I think they managed to cut out their mistakes at the back after the first half, which Argentina couldn't do. And you could say that was the difference, but I think the difference was the quality in the middle of the park. Um, and could Croatia potentially go on to sort of reach the semi-final finals? Um well, I mean, if they're putting in a performance against Argentina like they have, I can't see why not. Mm. And it looks like they'll probably... I mean, if the group stay as they are, they're going to win the group probably unless Iceland beat Nigeria and then beat them as well. Yeah. Um, so the odds are that they're going to win the group and um, they'll probably play Denmark unless Australia come up with a miracle um, that we already discussed. It's a quite a nice Denmark Croatia. That's a very nice round of sixteen game. Obviously, gives us a quite an interest. A team that not many people would have expected in the quarters, at least. Um, but for Croatia, I think uh, a lot of people, including myself, I've, I thought with this obviously the scandal with the FA that with Modric, especially coming into this tournament, it was quite a lot of the Croatian public. I think were on his back because. He's obviously backed up um, people that are hated in the in the Croatian FA. Uh, Mamic, I think his name is. Uh, so there's quite a lot going on away from the pitch. He's obviously in court. Um, mm. Mm. And he's looking at jail time, which will just never happen. It'll probably be a fine or a suspended sentence. But there's these things that... There's a lot of stuff going on away from the pitch. Um and then you're looking at a squad that people are probably saying it's their last major tournament together. Modric, Rakitic, Mandzukic, um, even people like Chorluka. Um, Perisic. Perisic as well, yeah. It's not the, the world's youngest squad. And, and it, is, it has been a golden generation for them. Um, so it's been quite a defining one as well for Croatia, isn't it? Because they're always the underdogs. Mm-hmm. Um and they're always kind of similar to Mexico, where they just go to get to the round of sixteen, meet expectations, and that's that. Yeah, it's, it's almost a different sort of approach and vibe from Croatia this year at this World Cup. It was a massive statement yeah. tonight. Oh, aye, definitely. I mean, if the if it ends up being Croatia Denmark, that's a very very winnable game for them. Uh, and mm. then to progress from that, if they put in the performance they put in tonight, then I don't see why not that they can't progress any further. Um, as you touched on earlier, um, the middle two, uh, Modric and uh, Rakitic, were outstanding today. Uh, Rakitic especially. Um, unlucky um, not to get the goal for the free kick, but... Uh, Obviously, we're talking on Thursday night just now, and 
Nigeria versus Iceland is tomorrow. Uh, by the time this comes out, you'll have probably watched the nil-nil draw between those two nations. Um, but it is worth re- remembering that Iceland finished above Croatia in qualifying. They were in the same qualifying group, yep. uh, same World Cup group, and Iceland finished above them. So that just shows you as well that, I don't know, despite this, those two teams haven't played yet, and that obviously Iceland might finish above them in this group, um, it just shows you that how well Croatia have, have, have done to qualify so comfortably from this group, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a massive statement from them. Um, and I do honestly believe that they'll go I'll stick my neck out and say as far as the semi-finals I can see that happening that as well. is bold that is bold but it's after tonight my head's been turned to be honest um, I wasn't really, wasn't really critical but I didn't really think they were up too much But they're okay. solid, they're good in midfield yeah. um, and they, they're getting the goals when they matter so that's it. Croatia will be in the World Cup semi-final. Yep. Um, Do not add to me. Denmark fans are absolutely delighted listening to this. <laughs> all, all, all of them, yeah. <laughs> um, right, well, we'll move on to Group E. So we're halfway through um, Brazil's group. This, of course, is tomorrow. So we're on to the groups now that we've only seen teams play once mm. um, Brazil, for me they weren't too disappointing, I thought what I took away from that game is that Switzerland are a lot better than I thought they would be um, they go down as kind of a Croatia team in my opinion where they kind of meet expectations and nothing yeah. more um, but they defended by battering Neymar um, <laughs> essentially but they, they defended very well and you've got to give them credit for that Um what did you guys make of Brazil? Because I, I know a lot of people were very disappointed by them. Um, I don't know. I think they um, they started well. Uh, they obviously got the sensational goal through Coutinho. And I think, mm. I don't know, they just kind of ran out of steam a bit second half, ran out of ideas. Uh, and as you as you mentioned, it was sort of partly down to Switzerland defending brilliantly. But you would expect this Brazilian side to have the answers to what Switzerland put in front of them because I think there are a lot of people's tournament favourites, not mine I have a very large stake on France as well as Andrew <laughs> but um, I think Brazil uh, a lot of people's favourites I think that's why a lot of people expected a wee bit more from them uh, just because that would have been the game that they set a marker down um, sort of for the tournament going forward just because Switzerland will be their nearest rivals in the group and it was their opening game uh, and I think Neymar disappointed a wee bit uh, and I, I think it they they done okay by all means I think it was just sort of people's expectations they didn't meet people's expectations sort of going into the game I think that's why a lot of people are sort of underwhelmed yeah and the other game that we've seen Sorry, go, go on, Andy. No, no, sorry, I was just going to say. Um, obviously, uh, the, I work in Labrooks, the, the favourites, 94, I believe they are, uh, to win the actual tournament. Um, there's a bit of advertising for them, so you're welcome. Young Commission. The, exactly. Make it a race on us, hopefully. But, um, that, the game against Switzerland, um, I thought first 20 minutes, uh, especially when they got the goal, I'm like, here we go. Uh, it's got to be brilliant. And then just... After it, they just sort of just kind of like played off the tempo, just sort of sat back a wee bit. And 
they should have had the game done, um, arguably before half time, but especially after it, um, nothing really changed after half time. And uh, it's their own fault um, for not seeing the game out and winning it, because um, I thought Switzerland played a lot better in the second half. Obviously, uh, early days yet, um, but I do expect Brazil to um, uh, maybe learn from that, uh, not got to say mistake, but to just maybe try and kill off games earlier on. Hmm. And that's kind of a bonus point for Switzerland. They play Serbia tomorrow night. Uh, Serbia, of course, won their opening game with a wonderful free kick from Kolarov against Costa Rica. Um, <clears throat> Switzerland versus Serbia, for me, is one of the most interesting games of this group stage that, that remains. Because um, you'd expect Brazil to win the group. You'd expect... I mean, South American teams have been quite disappointing at this World Cup, but you would expect Brazil to win the group. So Switzerland-Serbia, for me, are two good teams, and one of them's going to go out. Um, what are you two expecting from this group? Are Costa Rica even got a chance? They play Brazil tomorrow, of course. Well, I think it'll, it'll actually come down to goal difference. Well, this is my opinion. It'll come down to goal difference between Switzerland and Costa Rica. Um because as you mentioned, Switzerland have got the sort of their bonus point off Brazil, so they're sitting on the same points. And then Switzerland will be looking at Serbia and Costa Rica and thinking, right, we'll try and get two wins here, sort of make the sort of next stage as winnable as possible. Um, although they are sort of um, going to play the winners of Group F, no, the runners up of Group F next who might very well be Germany, so you might actually want to finish second in this group anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but I think Switzerland still sort of really fancy their chances against Serbia and Costa Rica after getting off to a really good start against Brazil. I think especially because they went behind against Brazil, and then to then come back, uh, the momentum's still with them, and I definitely think that they'll take that into the games against Serbia and Costa Rica. Uh, and I kind of sort of sit with you on the fact that Switzerland are the, the team that just kind of meet expectations. They always just make it to the last 16 and then go out in a really unforgettable mm. game. Um, yeah. So I think they'll definitely be trying to avoid another one of those kind of years, shall we say. Uh, and I do see them, uh, unfortunately, I do see them uh, finishing second because I think Brazil have too much firepower to finish up. Like, uh, just finish with more goals I should say than Switzerland so so you think Switzerland are going to win against both Serbia and Costa Rica yes right um, but so will Brazil um, no I can I agree with that um, I think they've obviously got the hardest game they've ever done with uh, and to come back from behind um, I reckon they'll be buzzing uh, from that and they'll just kind of want to keep up the momentum in the next two games um, I can't see um, Costa Rica uh, giving them that much of a game. Um, I think they've just got a bit too much quality. Uh, obviously, you've got um, Shakiri, etc. I'm uh, on the ranks. Uh, I think they're, especially for the performances of the Euros, uh, but coming up to the World Cup, um, they've got certainly enough experience to see games like that out. Uh, again, I can see uh, Brazil uh, winning the next two games as well. Um, so I uh, and like you said, Germany. Um, 
might even finish first, but it's a good possibility to finish second. So they probably prefer to finish uh, second uh, Switzerland just to avoid them. Hmm. I think one of the um, things. Well, sorry, just to jump in again, but it's just like hi. when the game was on, they made the point that Barami's now played in four World Cups for Switzerland. Yeah. Um, and then every single well, and they they put up photos of him in every World Cup and a wee post, and at every World Cup he's had blonde highlights in his hair. That's fair, fair, <laughs> fair good going. For sixteen years he's maintained blonde highlights in his hair. Um, must get to the stage as a human being where you get too old for blonde highlights. But, Twelve years, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Twelve years, you pop. How? 2006, 10, 14, 18. All right. Yeah, I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, my math isn't up there, but I certainly know that blonde highlights isn't acceptable when you're over 30. At least he's consistent. <laughs> hmm. Well, I'm going to go on the opposite side of the proverbial fence here, and I'm going to say Serbia will go through from that group ahead of Switzerland. Um, on the basis that I think Serbia will beat Switzerland. Um, a hot interesting, take. but but Serbia kind of have to beat Switzerland uh, because of, as we said, that bonus point um, that Switzerland got against Brazil. There's it's a shame for Costa Rica, but for me, their team is just. It's, I think it must be the oldest team at the tournament. Uh, last game, I was reading before the game that they're only. Player in the expected starting lineup under the age of 27 was Joel Campbell, and he didn't start. So I don't know if they even had a player under the age of 27 in their team against Serbia. Yeah, which it's is bit, <laughs> staggering. So this is always going to be a bit of a I don't know almost anti climax for Costa Rica, sort of given their performance at the last World Cup. Uh, I think you're never really going to top that. Just sort of mm. the the scenes that they had in twenty fourteen, um, yeah, I, I can see it kind of becoming a bit of a a damp squib for Costa Rica fairly quickly. Um, well, I can see it come becoming like that after tomorrow when Brazil um, sort of undoubtedly beat them. So cue a Costa Rica win and then win <laughs> through. Mm. <laughs> right onto the teams that Group E. We'll play against the next round, Group F, and we've got... If Croatia-Argentina wasn't our most surprising result, then Mexico beating Germany certainly was. I think Um, this is my game of the World Cup so far. Mm. Mexico It's it's definitely up there. Definitely up there. I think think it's more from the the fact that, I mean, we've seen with Peru and Argentina, all the fans sort of turned out, um, and you you want them to do well for the... seeing so many supporters in the stadium uh, mm. but Mexico I mean the national anthem was amazing at the start and had so many fans sort of packed into the stadium I mean their, their expectations obviously weren't high against Germany and then the team turned up in a half didn't they I mean absolutely sort of blew Germany away um, sort of current world champions um, stadium went mental and apparently registered an earthquake uh, back in Mexico when they <laughs> 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 that went, was fake news died. I know that's why I mention apparently. Um, ah, okay. <laughs> uh, but you didn't study law. Apparently, does not. Oh, does okay, not Johnny. You. How no. do you study law? Do you? <laughs> does not. 
saying apparently does not cover you from being a uh, libelous. So I'll, <laughs> I'll just go on the. I'll just start on the podcast saying apparently. Um, okay. Ryan, no, I won't continue. But you, you know, you know, I'm, you know, I'm right. tree embarking up. Well, now the grammar police are uh, back in their hands, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm sticking with Mexico Germany. It's been my uh, match of the tournament so far. I just thought it was great seasons all round. And it's always good to see the underdog getting one over on the world champions. Yeah, this was kind of said, look, Mexico have gone out in the round of 16 now four tournaments in a row, I think. Uh, maybe five, even. I, th- I think it's four. So we'll, we'll, st- we'll stick with four, to be safe. Um, and the, the thing was, from this one, the runners-up play Brazil, and everyone was saying, well, the runners-up likely play Brazil. And everyone was saying Germany will definitely win the group, so people were basically putting Mexico out in the, in the round of 16 against Brazil. But with the games against Sweden and South Korea, they've got a very good chance, don't they, of, of topping this. They only need four points from those two games, probably, um, unless Sweden beat Germany. Um, I, I would say they only need one more win, to be honest with you. I can't. I think, I think Germany will get a reaction. It's Germany. Um, I can't see them being down and out for... No, yeah, I, I, I think they'll defeat this um, curse of the winners going out, like the groups, uh, the next World Cup. I, I can't, I can't see that for Germany. Uh, so yeah, I think Mexico just need to take. I mean, obviously they prefer against Sweden, who are also sitting on three points with them. But I think yeah. to progress, they're only going to need another victory. Um, obviously, they won't be going to any games thinking that, of course. But um, that's the way I see it. They play South Korea next, who, by all accounts, were not fantastic against Sweden. No. Um, seemed to have very little going for them, South Korea, which was kind of what people thought coming into the tournament. I think <coughs> their away record in qualifying even was very poor. This is a South Korea team that finished seven points behind Iran in qualifying's last phase as well, and were actually quite fortunate to qualify. Um they yeah. just squeezed out a rack in the qualifying. Um, so they're certainly not a fantastic team, South Korea, and you got to expect that Mexico will will do the business against them. And with such a, a Mexican team that obviously we've seen them against Scotland, they just about broke the world record for shots in 90 minutes. <laughs> um, was 32 or something like that. Um they are a fantastic young team, aren't they? And do you think this they could almost be? You said you said Croatia semis, so so give me a hot take for for Mexico, both of you. Well, to go first. Yeah, no problem. Uh, well, you mentioned though they used to get out of the last sixteen. Um, I believe if there's a year to stop it uh, and go a wee bit further, um, this year will be their best chance. Um, like you said, I thought they were. Brilliant against Mexico, Jesus uh, against Germany, um, <laughs> and thoroughly, thoroughly deserved the win. Um, but yeah, um, I, I think again they should beat South Korea. Um, I know they've got men in the ranks, but um, judging on that performance, um, they should be able to do the business. Uh, and I, again, uh, Sweden I think will be a tougher game for them, um, but I can see them just edging it. Uh, and I think though. I think Mexico uh, could potentially get to the quarterfinals for me. Mm. I agree, Ryan. Yeah. Do you agree? I was going to say the quarterfinals as well. Um, purely just because I think that they have... I mean, they, they should have been 3 or 4 nil up 
against Germany. Um, Four and a half. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, uh, I'll happily and convincingly say that um, that I'm not over exaggerating there. The amount of times that they could have been in behind with just one more pass. I mean, I think the worst one mm. was in the second half when Hernandez was screaming for the ball from I can't remember who it was. Was running through him uh, goal. Um, just had to pass it to him and then he overhit the pass. Um, but the way that Mexico approached the game, uh, I really liked, and I think that they will be fancying their chances to finish top. I mean, I did tip Mexico to go through but um, as second place, but I could easily see them going through as top and then beating a Switzerland who always go out in the last 16 to reach the quarters. Mm, that will be the kind of uh, immovable force versus the... The immovable object versus the unstoppable force, or whatever. What, what am I saying here? Nah. Switzerland, Switzerland, Switzerland versus Mexico. The, the two teams that one of them's going to have to go through. Something's going to have to give in the round of sixteen. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes, I've come um, up with I, forces and objects, but I fully understand what you're trying to say, Johnny. Even if it isn't anyway. a very, very roundabout way. <laughs> We're about 51 minutes into this podcast, I think, and we have just found our World Cup winners. England. <laughs> England have won the World Cup. They won it before a ball was kicked. Yeah. Well, and I they, was actually, they still won it after they've kicked a few balls against Tunisia. I must say, I was in work um, and was gutted to come out and find that I'd missed the World Cup final. Um, <laughs> 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 shit. <laughs> I was just... Well, I was, I was actually following the game on flashcards on my phone, and as soon as it ticked to 2-1 England um, in the last minute, it, it was just very typical, wasn't it? Um, oh, uh, skin-crawlingly bad, shall we say. Hmm. I will give a proper bit of thought into the England game. I thought that in the first <laughs> 20 minutes they were fantastic, but it just reminded me a little of the US in 2010. You know, when they, they came out of the, bo- out of the blocks blisteringly quick, Gerard puts them one up, and then I said, at the time, I said, they're going to give away a calamitous goal, they do this well, just like, obviously, Rob Green, and that'll be it. That'll be their best 20 minutes of their tournament. Um, mm. And then the penalty gets given away, and I was like, that's it, it's, it's, it's over. But when they conceded the penalty, they still they played very well until half time. I thought they were ponderous second half at best. Tunisia didn't look harshed about say, attacking, which I don't blame them for. Or it defending. Been a very good result for them, to be honest. Yeah, when it came to corners. <laughs> um, and England are quite fortunate that they've got one of the world's best strikers up front for them. Um, he's Harry Kane. He's, he's world class. There's no beating around the bush. For me, he's, he's, he has different quality, and if they win the tournament, if they're gonna win this tournament, that they reckon they're gonna win, um, they'll need him to be on that sort of form every game. Um, I just thought it was quite funny though the way that the, obviously the commentators um, and the pundits, the commentators of the second half and the pundits at the end, clearly completely disagreed with each other on the performance. Because um, <laughs> a few commentators, Keown was just breathing really heavily, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> shouting through his teeth about how ponderous England were, and then after the game, they were wonderful and patient. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on this, Andy? Let's, let's talk to someone less bitter about this. 
Oh, <laughs> to be honest, I'm going to keep this um, quite short and sweet because I'm sick England. I really am. Like genuinely, just any game <laughs> whatsoever could be like Mexico and Colombia. I know that's not a thing, but it just could be, and there'll be about forty minutes of uh, England camp training. Then, oh, by the way, this is the game, and we've we've kicked off. It's just I'm sick. Of it. I can't remember which game it was, <laughs> um, but. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a Germany-Mexico game uh, Really, really tense Ten minutes to go Mexico's 1-0 up And Germany on the attack uh, And I can't remember It's I, I've just erased it from memory But the commentators were just speaking And I, I don't know if it was, was it Stuart Pearce or something uh, It was like Oh sorry, I didn't ask about uh, What your thoughts on the England game were Or the Eng- England's chances It's like, I'm, what, what is the point? I'm sick of it uh, honestly, when <laughs> when Tunis, when they scored the second goal in the last minute, I did see it coming, but it didn't piss me off uh, any less. Um, to be honest, uh, it started the game well, um, and obviously just kind of faded away. Uh, being a Tottenham fan, uh, it's pleasing to see Kane step up uh, on an international level, um, but it's just a shame in that manner, and just the scenes after it, especially kind of teed me off a wee bit because like imagine that was us like Scotland fans yeah. like in the amount of like like pelters we get on social media and but because it's them it's just it's acceptable isn't it oh, look at that we're going to win it now um, and I think the video in BBC Sport as well um, I think that's the whole reason the catalyst to why I'm this raging um, what would happen if England would win the World Cup um, and unfortunately, um, I do see them progressing. Um, not first, I believe Belgium's got um, a bit too much uh, in terms of uh, <coughs> their squad over England. Um, but uh, they've got the win ultimately, and uh, I'm going to use the cliche, but that's kind of what the good teams do, isn't it? They just grind at results. Um, mm. And I'd imagine it'll be the same against Panama. Um, I can't see them blown them away but they should get the victory uh, but the the Belgium game I'm really looking forward to um, hoping Belgium give them a good doing but um, uh, it should it'd be a good game for the neutral um, but again I can see England progressing um, and sadly I can see them making the semi-final um, they've got a really good squad but it's just I think Southgate has got the, them all believing in themselves and the, for the change, the media and the countries behind them, um, so I can I can see them doing well in this tournament. Unfortunately, yeah, I think the one thing I'll say about England is this is probably the most likable group of players and the most likable manager. I, I do like Southgate quite a lot. Um, I think he's got them organised really well. They know their limitations big time. Um, the defensively, they're so well organised. And when you've got players like Sterling and Kane, and even in the midfield you've got Ali and uh, Lingard, who are creative uh, players, when you've got a solid defence, that those players can can operate to the best of their abilities, and uh, you only need to score one or two to win the game. And, and you, as you say, you've got Harry Kane, who just never lets you down on any stage. Um, it, it's, it's a good setup. I think they'll reach the quarterfinals. Um, that's my prediction for them. As you say, the game against Belgium will be interesting, but the group should pretty much be a formality now. Um, they should beat Panama and Belgium should beat Tunisia. Uh, Ryan, where are England going to get to? Well, I did at the start of the tournament predict the last 16, um, but I think purely 
I mean, we'll come on to it, but based on results in the other group that they'll play coming into this, um, the last 16 game, I think that they'll make the quarters as well. Um, Berry England managing to get Tunisia, Panama um, in a group together and then, and then managing to sort of get a draw against Japan or Senegal in a last 16 match. Uh, very, well, very, that group's still a long way to go, doesn't it? I know, but Aye. I think either Japan or Senegal, just due to the way it's sat at the minute, will now, one of them will finish second. Um, yeah, it um, that, so that's my thinking there. Yeah, so I'm going to say quarter-final as well. Yeah, you'd imagine Japan or Senegal go through, given that they've got each other to play. Um, one of them will finish on at least four points. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was Senegal, because they were fantastic, weren't they, against Poland. Um, they are the only African team to have won a game. I mm. think that Morocco have lost twice, Egypt have lost twice, Nigeria were drab against Croatia. And Tunisia lost to England. They're the only African team to even gain a point. Yep. And they did it in very convincing fashion. Um, and Japan, to, yeah. as well, the first ever Asian team to beat a South American team, I think, in, in a World Cup. Oof. Good um, so the, it's just the group of the group of life, but the the group of just no, nobody knows what's going on in this group. It, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Well. Um, aye, sorry, continue. I was, <laughs> don't know what I was thinking of saying there. <laughs> well, well the give plot. us a bit about give us a bit about Senegal. Give us something more intellectual than Lord Sugar right. to say about Senegal. <laughs> well, I, so, so you could literally say any words. You could say any words, and you'll be fine. I'll I'll be pessimistic here and say that their fans wouldn't clean up after them if they got beat. I agree with that. I agree with that. <laughs> uh, so, aye, so social media jibes aside um, from Lord Sugar and Senegal fans <laughs> cleaning up after them, uh, I think they were fantastic. But I have to say, Poland were absolutely rotten. And then you talk about having a, a world-class striker like Harry Kane um, and he makes all the difference. I mean, Poland have that in Lewandowski and just didn't utilise him at all. They passed it. Um, just face across the back, the square passes, not getting the ball up to Lewandowski at all. Um, I was extremely disappointed in Poland. I have to say um, that was, uh, and they were they were lucky to get a goal, but nope, fair play to Senegal. Um, they were good going forwards um, and sort of took their chances when it came to them. Although <laughs> I think their second goal. Was it their second goal or first? That was uh, extremely debatable whether the boy should have been allowed back onto the park or not. I thought that was a that shouldn't have happened, and I can see why the Poland players were upset. But uh, they second didn't, goal, I think. aye, they, they they didn't have much to complain about um, apart from looking at themselves, um, just because they were so poor. Hmm. And Andy, you are the man to talk about Japan versus Colombia. Uh, it's quite a big shock, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, don't get me wrong. It was good to watch from a, a neutral perspective. Um, uh, talk, going off the football for a minute now. Um, I seen on Twitter the day the Colombian fans um, smuggling in some uh, 
don't know, was it tequila or something from binoculars? Yeah, I, I, that. That. I don't yeah. think they would have been too bothered about the defeat because probably that too, too <laughs> would have been mad with it, didn't know where they were. Um, but no, uh, like I said, it was a good game for the neutral. Um, thought Japan sort of deserved the win and um, so certainly made a statement um, in terms of the group. And I agree um, what was said earlier on. I believe it will be either uh, one of Japan or Senegal that will finish second. So that means, uh, obviously, uh, Team Colombia um, <clears throat> or Poland could go out. Um, in terms of Poland as well, uh, I was a, a bit disappointed. Um, I quite like I've got a, I quite like Poland, and I went last year uh, on holiday, and since then uh, I've been a, a, a quiet admirer. Um, of their country and obviously they've got a player in Lewandowski I thought they'd sc- no squish the group um, I thought they'd finish second um, but to be defeated against Senegal um, I think another big statement from then uh, I didn't see both both the results coming so it certainly caught me off guard but as a, a neutral it's been it's been welcoming uh, and it'll certainly make the group uh, quite interesting to keep an eye on uh, as it comes to a close I mean, I do think we have to yeah. touch on the the red card and the the Japan Colombia game just because that yeah. was such a game changer. And yeah. I think a lot of people yeah. still actually had Colombia as favourites going into half time. I mean, I mean, I know I certainly thought they were good value for money. Um, but then, all credit to Japan, they came out, they changed the sort of way they approached the game and were extremely um, professional, hard to beat, and just kept the ball away from Colombia. Didn't allow their sort of players that can make something special happen and um, get on the ball and just sort of played to their own strengths or ease their way um, back in control of the game and then obviously got their goal to um, win it from the corner uh, so I was sort of quietly impressed with Japan I have to say um, that being said I can't see them doing anything if, if they get out of the group hmm. well, it's Japan versus Senegal next with Colombia playing Poland that means that no matter what, no, sorry, I was going to say the loser will go out of of Colombia, but that will only be if there's a draw in Japan Senegal. But the loser is, in fact, maybe yeah, the loser is essentially going to be out. Um, who's the loser going to be there? Is it going to be? I I, I personally think it'll be it'll be Poland. I think Colombia will bounce back from their defeat. And they'll have Hamez back, and hopefully they'll be playing with eleven men for longer than two minutes fifty. Yeah, I would go along with that. I would suggest that um, uh, Colombia actually their performance was decent enough. I mean, it's an extremely mm. big task to sort of ask to go ahead and win a game sort of with ten men for almost ninety minutes. Uh, and they so go down as well, so essentially because it's a penalty, obviously. Yeah, and I mean, I think they'll be so. I think they'll be pleased with sort of how they played it. Obviously, won't be pleased with sort of losing a goal from a set piece and all that. But I think on the flip side, like to their counterparts, Poland, whose performance was just so poor, flat. It's it can sometimes be tricky to pick yourselves up um, after such a bad performance like that. Um, I mean, they'll, they'll obviously be hoping that. They do, but I think Colombia, even when both teams are at it on their day, have enough to see off Poland. But I just think that Poland will sort of be a bit psychologically affected by the the first game um, in Colombia. Um, they won't be too disappointed, um, and I do think that 
Columbia will still sort of progress top of this group. Yeah, um, I think my head uh, says uh, Columbia will progress, but obviously my heart. We saw spot for we Poland, um, but I think it <coughs> a bit disappointing uh, World Cup. Um, unfortunately, uh, Colombia with James coming back. Um, I think they've got a much stronger team, uh, and I agree. Uh, I think <coughs> I think they'll progress. <coughs> so much so that it's killing you to see. Oh, I know, I know. Jeez, I'm dying here. <laughs> Could be doing with some Colombian dancing powder. It wake me up and feel a bit better. <laughs> Uh, just to confirm, I was right. I actually oh, was right about something. Um, Japan were the first of our Asian team, or the All first right. of our Asian team to beat South American team at a World Cup. That's now 18 games, one win, and <laughs> three draws. So 14 losses out of 18, uh, which just kind of just highlights the magnitude of it. And again, we have to reiterate they did play full game against 10 men, but they still, as you say, Ryan, they played the game perfectly second half. Um, and this is the first World Cup tournament which as many as four South American teams have failed to win their opening game in uh, 44 years Jesus so it just kind of sums up I was actually thinking there when we are talking about this game Asian teams do Asian teams have more points than South American teams I think no what was that sorry Uruguay I thought the Asian teams might have even been doing better than the South American teams at this tournament, but I think the answer I think they're not because Uruguay have somehow got six points. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, Iran, in fact, they might. Iran and Japan have got three, and Australia have one. So the Asian teams have picked up seven points. Um, Argentina have one as well. Brazil have one. Yep. And Uruguay have six. So there you go. It's it, <laughs> South America are one point better off than Asia. And that's a yeah. continent with Uruguay, Colombia, um, Peru, Argentina, Brazil, against Saudi Arabia, South Korea, Iran, Japan, and Australia. Australia. <laughs> so that shows you the, the Asians have, and South America have <clears throat> disappointed at this tournament. Europe have been phenomenal with two losses, Poland and and um, Germany. Um, Africa have got three points. Um, so it has kind of been... Asia overachieved a little bit and Europe have just been so dominant, haven't they? I think as um, well, we it's just because you have soil. 14 European teams there um, as opposed to, is it three CONCACAF, five African and four five... CONCACAF. Uh, four? Panama, four. Costa Rica, Mexico and I know you're testing me. That is three. There's three. one more. No, because Honduras got beat off Australia. No, you're right. You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah so, three. I mean, the sort of denomination of teams um, at this World Cup is sort of extremely weighted in Europe's favour. Um, but, I mean, that being said, it doesn't take away from the fact they've only, those 14 teams have only been beat. Uh, only two of them have been beat. Um, do mm. you think it helps that it's on home soil in Russia? Technically, also home soil for Asians is Russia. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, so every other, well, I think the other, um, only two non-Asian teams, non-Asian or European teams have won. Is that Mexico and Uruguay? Yeah. And Senegal, so three. There you go. 
There's there's your really long-winded World Cup fact. <laughs> Only three non-Asian or European teams have won, and it's one from each of the other continents. So that tells you absolutely nothing. That's the, that may be the worst fact I've ever come up oh with, dear. actually. Oh <laughs> um, I think I it, like must, it must have something to do. I mean, because my big tip I said to uh, Lewis uh, coming into this World Cup was do not overestimate the smaller... Um, European teams, so for example Denmark v Peru and uh, Sweden versus Mexico, and right. it just has not worked out like that at all. It really hasn't. Um, um, aye, um, and uh, I mentioned to VAR. What are you making of it? I haven't hated it as much as I thought I would hate it. I, I absolutely despised it. it the whole season. Uh, watching German football, I hated it. Watching. English football, I hated it in the FA Cup. Um, I just despised it. I watched a Freiburg game against Mainz and they gave a penalty five minutes into a halftime break. <laughs> it was just a disgrace. But the World Aye. Cup, it's not been too bad. And the only time people have said VAR's disallowed a goal, it was actually not true because the flag was up for the Iran goal before. Like, they, did, they just did not notice it at all. Aye. Um, um... I mean, I must say they've uh, they've definitely made it as a slicker process than what it had, what we've seen in the Premier League. Um, mm. So yeah, I think I think it's definitely all the right decisions. I mean, people are saying it's more goals and more penalties, but if those are the right decisions, then so be it. Yeah, and I think that's one thing about the the VAR. It does it has always favoured. Well, I suppose that I've always said it favoured. Defending teams, because um, yeah, I suppose, but when you're through, for example, when a goal goes in, you can overturn it, but when the whistle goes, you can't. Yeah. Unoverturn a decision. So, for example, if there's an offside call that's wrong, and mm. someone's one on one, Messi's played through one on one and he's onside, but he gets given off. That's it. Whistle's gone. Yeah. So Which... it does favour the defending. But, um, and I mean... but it hasn't done that at this World Cup. Too I much, think, as you say, I think the only thing that um, I was just going to touch on there with VR is the sort of Iran goal. Credit to the linesman who actually put his flag up before it went to VR. Um, yeah. So the decisions should have been made there and then, um, and that whole thing should have never gone to VAR in the first place. Um, yeah. So it's, it's just kind of those things that's uh, those blurry lines over. What happens in those kind of situations just need to be sort of cleared up a wee bit. But I, I'm all for it. I think it's uh, really working quite well. Hmm. I think there has. I have to say, there looks like there has been a lot of training gone into this because a lot of the referees here have obviously not used VAR in their home countries. And there's only about four or five leagues that use it. I think Italy, Germany, France, yeah. and then England half half arse with it. Um, I don't think they use it in Spain, but I could be wrong. Um, so you know it's it's something they've clearly worked on and I, I hate to admit that it has not been a disaster I'll say but based on what I've seen of it over an entire season in Germany I'm mm. not interested in it still um, and as as we've seen as well at the tournament it still doesn't the clear and obvious things obviously a, a problem yeah um, there's there's things that are hard to sort of 
distinguished. There's, you can argue all day about things. For example, the Croatia game tonight, there was a was Rabic putting a quite a, a high tackle, and yeah. half the people are saying yellow, half are saying red. It's I suppose for really obvious ones, then it is, it is useful, but. It's it's hard to distinguish. For example, the one that comes to your head is because the English press probably been going on about it all week is the Kane one. Um, how that's not given, I don't know. Mm. And then there's the one uh, that uh, Paulsen gives away today for Denmark, which is yeah, it's tough. Not it clear is. and obvious. But at the same time, I think it'll only get better if you know what I mean. So I can only just think that. Um, they'll sort of improve it as the more it's sort of used and tested. Um, I mean, that happened with goal line technology. It took a wee while for people to get used to what's going on and all that kind of thing. Um, and now that's part of an integral part of the game at the highest level, and I don't think we would be able to sort of go back um, to sort of prehistoric times before it. So I think um, it is here to stay, to be honest, um, just as long as they sort of, sm- sort of smooth out the rough edges. Hmm. Well, I think that is enough World Cup chat, but before we go, we're going to get a World Cup winner prediction from you and a golden boot. Now, you've got a head start because Ronaldo's got four already. Um, Although, I have to tell you, Denis Cheryshev has scored three, so be careful. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure. I'll say Modric. What? (laughs) What? Modric top goal scorer. Uh huh. Well, he's on two, isn't he? So he is. Yes. You're being serious here. Uh huh. Because I'm tipping uh, Croatia to get to the semi final. This. Please, <laughs> please gamble responsibly, listeners. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I genuine. This is a genuine prediction. This is the worst prediction I've ever heard. <laughs> but we'll go with it. <laughs> I will say Cristiano Ronaldo oh well there's your hot take of the day <laughs> look at Modric oh god I was joking with Cheryshev but he's generally at more chance than Modric uh, shut up unless Croatia happen to win a few more penalties or that goal today to be fair is wonderful from Modric but um, yep. no I, I cannot see that being the case Um. Well, I'll be right back on here when uh, he's standing with a golden boot in his hand at the end of the tournament. <laughs> Indeed. And we will be back at the end of the group stage. So we're halfway through just now, despite the fact that um, the cr- the creator of this idea of the World Cup podcast, Tom McKinnon, um, fancied doing a podcast after every 90 minutes was over. <laughs> um, we we're just going to do, I think, after yeah. the groups, after the quarters and... Maybe before and after the final. We're yeah. not sure. We'll, we'll probably idea, have three or four more. His idea was so mad and insane that we've locked him up. Um, that's why he's not on this one. <laughs> yeah, Tom has actually got a full-time job working for a magazine. Um, so that's where he is. So essentially he is locked up, yeah. Um, he's not watching the World Cup and he's writing about women's lifestyle. So. <laughs> <laughs> all power to him. Uh, anyway, that is yes. all from me, and it's all from you, Ryan Crombie. Yep, been a pleasure as always, Johnny. Thank you for having me on.
And that's all from you, uh, Andy. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, pleasure as always. Uh, delighted to make my full basketball debut. Yep, it's been a pleasure having you both on. Uh, thanks very much for taking time out of your busy World Cup schedule to, to join us. And uh, we'll see you at the end of the group stage to find out how wrong we've been. Cheers, thanks for listening.